Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. With a compact footprint, variety of unit options, and seamless system management, city multi-variable refrigerant flow zoning systems from Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US are a one-stop solution for modular projects. With efficient operation and the ability to connect to commercial ventilation equipment, third-party systems, and comprehensive control solutions, City Multi VRF can help you meet energy and performance goals on your next project. From off-site development to on-site assembly, you can trust our manufacturer-level support to guide you from system selection to design to startup, no matter the application. To learn more about our offerings, visit MitsubishiPro.com. Welcome everyone, my name is John McMullen, and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today I'm talking with Michael Heitzman, President of Development at Best Gen Companies. Michael is here to talk about Best Gen's new BG Flats project and to discuss how the labor shortage is affecting the construction industry. Michael, thanks for your time today. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. Tell me about yourself. How did you come to be at Best Gen? Well, so uh, I took kind of a, a fun path. I actually started out um, my career as an architect, graduated from architecture school, um, got licensed, worked for a couple of different companies, um, one specializing in uh, hospitals and medical fields, and then uh, transitioned to another company that specialized in senior living. And that firm was a little more uh, fully integrated, similar to what I do now, but uh, to not, not quite the extent that I do now. So going down that road, or a route with um, that company, I, I worked on a project where I was the head designer for a, a big senior living um, facility outside of Kansas City, uh, partnership with a hospital there. And we designed three projects, or I was designing three projects. One of them was an assisted living three-story facility. The second was a uh, four-story skilled nursing facility. And then the, the third was a fitness center. So designing all three of those projects at the same time, uh, we had three different construction types. So I was doing the assisted living with modular construction. Mm -hmm. So that's where I got into the modular world. The skilled nursing was four stories, type two construction. So it had to be uh, um, two hour rated. So we actually used a panelized uh, light gauge prefab wall assembly for that project. And then the fitness center was just standard post and beam. Sounds like quite the juggling act. Oh my goodness, yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. Uh, we had a really good team, uh, it was a really good company. Uh, the partners there with the hospital and uh, the other fitness company were great. It was just a great team, we communicated well. But doing the assisted living project really threw me into this modular world, not knowing a single thing about it. Um, I kind of approached the project, kind of like some architects do, uh, a little hard-headed, thinking I knew knew what I was getting into, and and uh, it's quite a humbling experience, kind of looking back on it and, and learning what all I didn't know about modular construction. It's not as simple as lining walls up and, and making boxes stack on top of each other. So um, that was a, an incredible learning experience. There was a lot of things I learned after the fact of what not to do when it comes to modular, and so that's really helped my career moving forward. So when I decided um, after that project to leave that company, I started my own architecture firm uh, called Pure Design in Kansas City. I started that with an emphasis on 
on modular construction and consulting and designing in that world because I really saw that there was a, a disconnect and a lack of communication between the architect, the owner, the contractor, and the modular factory. No one knew how to communicate what and when with each other to understand how to get the project done truly successfully. But I saw the, the incredible abilities that Modular had, and so I, I saw there was a future there. So I just dove in and started my own firm and, and right away started consulting with the factory that actually built my assisted living project in Kansas City. At the time, it was called Superior Building Systems. I started consulting and designing uh, hotels and, and multifamily projects for people, and uh, the company just kind of took off. I ended up meeting Brandon uh, Beshton, who owns uh, Beshton Companies, the end of 2018. So we started talking over the phone, kind of hit it off, and needless to say, when he decided to purchase the factory in uh, 2019 that I had been you know, working with, uh, he asked me to come on board and head up his development side and bring the architecture firm in-house because he believed, as I did, that uh, we wanted to create a fully integrated company um, that could come into a project, do our own development stuff, and come in and, and perform all aspects of a project. So that's where we, we started. Um, 2019, he bought the factory. I came on board, kept Pure Design, and it's still up and running, and and when I came on board on the development side within Bestgen, I brought a good uh, a friend of mine who took over, who's been in the architecture world as well for a while, uh, Casey Culbertson. And, and uh, he took over running the architecture firm and has just been taking off with it. He had helped me previously with the modular, so he had experience there. And he's dived in, and, and I think we're up to six um, employees now in the design firm. So... Uh, that's taken off, and we're working on projects from a design standpoint from, I think he's got a project in New Jersey. They're out to several out in California and everywhere in between. So, Well, that's um, excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, so that was a great thing. And then on the development side, I'm here in Rapid City and focusing on our own internal development stuff with Brandon because um, that's essentially his background for the last 25 years. And BJ, uh, BG Flats was... Uh, the first big development deal that we've done holistically as a company and, and brought the entire group together to get it done. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like uh, many exciting things are going on. BG Flats among them. Uh, I want to talk yeah. to you about that. You guys are you guys are setting that project right now. Is that right? We are. So um, within companies, we have our own uh, BG construction uh, led by Donnie, who's built He's built hotels and product all over the country as well. So he uh, he came in house and and uh, was willing to get our construction company up and going. So BG Flats is our first project, and and we're actually setting it ourselves. So we're doing all the all the construction work, and it's our first set job. So nice. Um, we've actually it's been, what's been great about the modular industry is it's kind of a community where people love to share and help each other out. Mm-hmm. So my first experience with Modular was with a company that I think everybody in the modular industry knows of, uh, ProSet. They yep. set my first project, and I got to know Scott and Matt up front right away and been talking to them and working with them ever since. And so they've set a few other projects for us that we've designed and built, 
and they're just great guys. So they were willing to step in and give us some pointers and help us figure this out. Um, offered to, you know, come and uh, sit on the sideline and point things out to us if we needed it, but they're always a phone call away. And so we just felt that uh, we were willing to and able to get in and, and set our own box. So it's going a little slower, not as fast as if those guys were doing it, but we're getting it done and we're getting it figured out. Well, so what can you tell me about that project specifically? So it's it's going to be market rate apartments here in Rapid City. Okay. Uh, it's 51 modular boxes. It's 42 apartment units consisting of six studio apartments, 16 one-bedroom apartments, and 22-bedroom apartments. Um, it's actually designed based around our own plug-and-play concept that we developed with us having, you know, architecture in-house and with our experience there, mm -hmm. you know, we really approached this project to create a, a concept and a design that we could easily just go into any new development and um, plug and play or adapt the project uh, to fit the need of the performa of the, of the specific site, that kind of thing. So we have a studio, a one bedroom, a two bedroom, a three-bedroom, even a four-bedroom units, um, as well as fitness, entry, common area, circulation, that all fit within the same parameters and grid. So you can literally pull one piece out and stick another one in. You can have a two-bedroom that sits over a one-bedroom in a studio or vice versa. So we don't have to stack our same unit types above each other. We don't have to uh, do all the typical things you, you that really kind of constrains you with modular. Um, we're a lot more flexible with it. So very cool. Yeah, we approached it really as a, a team concept, and we got the the guys in the factory on board to really think about how the how the factory builds and how they're doing things to to influence the design. And then we got our contractor and our subs on board early on in the design to say, okay, well let's Let's think about this from an end game. What does it look like when it sets? What is it gonna? What do we do in the factory versus what do we do on site? So, so it's really helped. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You finish. Oh no, that that that's it. Okay. I was I was gonna ask. I was reading about uh, the BG Flats project and some of the other projects that you guys have done. And the BG Flats is uh, housing. It's in a, a more of a suburban setting. And I was gonna ask, what's the What's the biggest difference between the BG Flats project and maybe some of your previous projects that, that were not in suburban areas? Well, so I guess it really, there, there's not a huge difference other than we really, you know, we, we've been really strategic about not settling um, just because we've always done it. So, um, our our big thing in the company is to always always be improving and always be adapting and always be innovating um and and try things and and see if it works and see if it works for the better or not gotcha. um, so with this one that we actually took the concept of okay well let's let's look at this from what all can we do in a factory to really simplify the site. I mean, we went so far down to look at all the details for the exterior finish, for the roofing, uh, the finished roof membrane, for our parapets, 
all that kind of stuff to see, okay, what all can we do in the factory to save us time on site? So when you get into more of the rural development, it's harder to get subs out there. So if we can do more in the factory, then we have, you know, doing the, the rural side and the harder to get to sites is a lot easier. Gotcha. And, and, and speaking of, of rural settings, and this is a bit of a sidebar, I was watching uh, the video on your website that was showing the setting of the Holiday Inn in seven days, which was really great mm -hmm. video to watch. Uh, but I noticed it was really windy in the, in the time-lapse video that you created. And so just my own curiosity, how do you account for that wind when you're setting mods with a crane? Uh, you make sure you have a good group. <laughs> so that, that project was set by Hayes Modular, which is another uh, very good set crew. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it takes a, a good crane operator and a good team and, and good communication. So we didn't set that. So that, that project, we were the architects for and we were the modular factory for, but it was a different developer and different uh, GC. It's actually an owner owner developer GC that did it that we've worked with in the past. Mm -hmm. um, this is their second modular project and um, they're, they're just really getting good at it from their own standpoint of, of doing the site work and the development side of it. So, okay. but they brought Hayes modular in to set it. And I think they did have to take one day off because of it was just way too windy, but um, otherwise they, they, they were able to make it, make it go at it. Very good. I was just just curious. Uh, so so back yeah. back to BG Flats. Tell me about the history of that project. How did it come about, and what was the design process and the construction process like for that project? The project started. Uh, Brandon has been doing real estate development, like I said, for twenty five plus years. So he's got a couple properties here, and more than a couple. He's got several properties here in Rapid, both land and actual building. And we, we started to have a gap in our uh, line there at the factory. So we decided to go ahead and uh, proceed with doing our own uh, apartment complex to help fill that gap. Is really originally how, why we decided to move forward with it. Hmm. So we kind of pushed the design. But what was great about it, because we have design and construction and everything in-house, we were able to really talk through it and get the design done quicker solve a lot of problems ahead of time, a lot of issues that always come up. Um, and then, again, because we have design and construction in-house, when things did come up, we were able to solve them a lot faster. I'll, um, I'll give you one example of that. We had a, um, <laughs> as you know, the just the industry right now is, is struggling with labor, labor materials, mm -hmm. everything. So we... We started out with the design doing an EFIS facade on the project. Oh, well, we could not find an EFIS installer to come and do it that wasn't, you know, months out wow. or trying to charge us a ton of money to do it. And so we decided, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. And so we literally sat down because we have everything in house and, and sketched out on some trace paper a new design utilizing LP siding. And came up with a new contemporary kind of look. The steel, the steel looks good, um, feels good, and, and uh, goes after the look we were going for. And we were able to do it in a couple hours, and we were able to uh, adjust pricing and get a sub on board, and and not lose any time in the schedule, and actually save some schedule time, and 
and utilize a product we knew we could get at a price we could um, that fits within our budget. Um, so now that the modules are being stacked, uh, is there a timeline mm -hmm. for finishing the project? Yeah, I think they're hoping to be open by August, running out by August. Okay, very good, very good. And you mentioned some of the, the challenges that you had during the process of design. Are you, are you anticipating any other challenges to complete the project, or does everything um, look uh, smooth ahead for you? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say smooth. Okay. The way it's going right now. Um, we're still running into material problems and delays every day. Uh, even just getting lumber on site to do some of the minimal uh, site components. Mm -hmm. But even finding work has been a struggle. We've been trying to hire guys for a long time to run the different uh, parts of our, our, our construction. So um, with the amount of work we've done in the factory and how modular friendly it is and how site friendly it is now that it's set, um, as long as, the guys we have hired don't leave, then I think we'll be okay. So it's a good time to segue, I think. Um, you, speaking of, of challenges, and this has sort of been a recurring theme through just this conversation of, of a shortage of labor. The, the construction industry as a whole has been challenged by labor shortages over the past several years. So what, what's your take on that? How, has Best Gen been impacted by that directly? Uh, and, and, and where do you think we go from here? Well, I think the one struggle Bastion has just with where we're located, you know, regionally around the country is here in the Midwest, you know, you don't have the same construction costs that you do out in California. Mm -hmm. And so um, out there, uh, when you're paying, you know, 300 bucks a square foot plus to build a hotel, it, uh, you can charge more for the boxes. Well, a lot of our customers here in Colorado and Minnesota and South Dakota and Nebraska, and, and they um, they can build it cheaper. So that's that's one thing that we're up against. And then the labor itself, finding the people to come in, as you said, it's been two or three years of, of this labor shortage, and we see it all the time. We we with our company, we we've had to offer, and we've wanted to, uh, full benefits and um, just go above and beyond with extra incentives to get people on board. We pay a good salary. Um, we have sign-on bonuses. We have all these other things we've had to do and incorporate uh, to get people on the door. Mm -hmm. So, And yep. then, you know, we've been good about when we're finding good talent, um, keeping them, do whatever it takes to keep them. So, Do you feel that the, the labor shortage has affected you guys? You're based in South Dakota. Have have the, is the labor shortage affected you guys in your area of the country any differently than other parts of the country that you've noticed? I say it's all about the same. same. Uh, I, as far as me, I haven't noticed any different. That when I talk to other developers and other factories and, and GCs out there um, from Arizona to California, everyone's struggling with it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think it's. Uh, better or worse around here. Um, it's just something that everyone has to try to solve and figure out how to how to get past. So this may not be something that we solve here and now, but what's uh, in your view, just from from your experience in the industry, how, how can we, as an industry, 
address that overall shortage? Well, so some things that we started doing here as a company is is attacking the the problem early on, like going to the high school and talking with kids and mm-hmm. trying and actually doing things where we can um, find good talent and actually pay for them to go to the technical school or go to the technical colleges and find them some good talent there and saying, hey, you know, we'll we'll pay for your school if you commit to staying with us for five years or something after the fact. I think to solve the issue, companies are going to have to get innovative like that. I, I think for me, I was I was pushed growing up that you had to go to college, you had to go get a four-year degree, mm-hmm. um, and it's I I don't believe that that's the case. I think that there's several other avenues to go and be extremely successful without having to go to a four-year degree. So um, if you have a, a skill or something you're passionate about and something you love to do, then, then go and do it. Or if there's something you're good at doing, just go do it and try it. So. Well, I think that's great, go, especially uh, going into schools. I, I know of several other members of MBI uh, have started similar initiatives at their local uh, colleges, community colleges, high schools, uh, technical schools. So that's that's great. Uh, I'm thrilled to hear you guys are doing that. Uh, I, th- I think it's the right way to go, um, yeah. but, but we'll see. Changing gears uh, uh, one more time, from a, from a development point of view, uh, what advice can you offer newer modular companies or those who are exploring modular construction? If, if you're wanting to get into modular construction, uh, just find a good team to work with. There's, there's some really great contractors out there that know what they're doing. Um, there's some really great architects out there that know what they're doing. And, you know, really investigate that and dig into that. And the architects can design, you know, whether it's site-built or modular. And so if you, you find a good one that you can work with, then you can go kind of either route with one. That's one thing that we do that we started doing early on from a design standpoint is we, we take a project and we'd, if, you know, we went under contract with you for the design, we, we do a pretty much a module package to assess it, to see if it made sense going module with. And if uh, the owner came back and decided after that then that he didn't want to go modular, then we would just transition our whole team to do site built and it wouldn't cost anything else. So, um, or if they want to stay modular, we'd keep going modular. But I think the issue is, you know, a lot of developers go into it and just design a standard building that's not modular, that, that might be able to be built modular, but it's not efficient modular and then they'll just get an architect to draw something up and then they'll go talk to a modular factory and say hey can you build this well most factories out there will be able to figure out how to build it it just doesn't always make sense of this at that point really makes sense to go modular so Mm -hmm. um, if it's done right with the right team um, and thought through in the beginning modular can there's so many advantages to it and it's not I think people also get hung up on, well, I got to do a, a, you know, Lego block building that everything is identical and stacks on top of each other. And it's just a square or rectangle thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. We've, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, 
the innovative aspect of what we do. And we've, we've really pushed the limits on that from uh, the design to the, the factory to the construction. And we've designed some two-story, clear-story spaces. We designed a bank. Uh, we designed a credit union that has a, a two-story lobby that has one box that opens up to a box on top of it. Um, you can design stuff. I know this is pretty common, the cantilever thing. Mm-hmm. We um, we patented. I think we have five different patents out on um, some unique things we've come up with. We can span like 30 to 40 feet within our box to span over pools, so you don't have the additional steel um, for the site component, and so you can save a lot of money there. But it also gives you the flexibility to have open spaces underneath it without all the columns, or open boxes up next to each other without all the columns inside it. So there's a lot of flexibility in it um, if you know what you're doing and you can think through it. So early on, I'd say find an architect, find a GC, find a factory, and just create that partnership and just have good open communication. Excellent advice. Thank you. What's the rest of the year look like for Best Gen? I know you've got your, your BG flats going up now, but, but beyond that, what's on the horizon? Um, on the horizon, we're actually getting ready to do uh, some townhouses. Then we're transitioning into a senior living project and uh, probably another multifamily thing. So we're pretty busy there with our, and that's our Watertown factory. Um, we're actually getting ready to open a Southwest plant. Uh, I can't get too much into the details on that. We're, we've, we've toured a couple of different buildings, and I think our CEO is flying down there in, in a week or two to uh, walk through another one. But we have several projects we're out on the West Coast that uh, we're looking at building out of our, our new facility that we're getting ready to open. Well, very cool. I, I really appreciate your time today, Mike. Congrats again on uh, the BG Flats project. Uh, it looks fantastic. I hope uh, I hope you don't run into any more trouble before your, your opening in August. Thanks. I really appreciate that. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.